Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about rituals, which is kind of the thing we're doing right now? (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about things that you do repetitively at the beginning and end of stuff. Hmm, interesting. (laughs) I think this is the part where I say, cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for tonight's topic, uh, Andrew Dacey in the Slack room um, on our Misdirected Mark Slack channel asked us to talk about rituals in your RPG session. So... That seemed cool. There was a lot of discussion around it. It was very cool discussion around it. We thought we would chat about it because we have some thoughts. To be clear, we are not talking about like ritual magic or anything. Right. We are not talking about rituals as in festivals, ceremonies, magic, etc. In your game, we are talking about at the table meta rituals. Yes. That you can employ to improve the quality of your game session mm-hmm. good okay well phil speaking of which maybe you could actually define rituals for us Sh- definition panda yeah yeah so let's let's do the uh let's do the straight up the straight up dictionary definition which is a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order Now, cool. Let's do the RPG version of that because I'm just going to chop off the first part of that definition. Yeah. Um, And we're just going to go with a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order at the beginning or ending of your session. Yeah. Uh, And what we mean by that is, and I want to, I just want to, I want to note two words here because this will be different. um, And this is what makes it a ritual, right? So it's a series of actions, which means that. Um, there's more than one, there's one or more actions and they are done in a particular order. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that, those are the two most important things, right? It's the, it's the series of actions and prescribed order. Yeah. Um, if you just do some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, but you just kind of do them willy nilly, like that's not really a ritual. Like that's just you getting your game started. Right. Like not every game has a ritual to start and end, but every game can have a ritual to start and end. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it is definitely a thing that is an optional thing if you wish to employ it. It absolutely yes. is. I have um, I have in the past um, have done rituals um, in different games uh, for different reasons. And we'll talk about some of those uh, tonight. I've done some uh, very formal things. I've done more informal things. But I have had uh, various rituals over the years for uh, different games, primarily the start of games. I don't typically ritualize the end of my game quite as much, but very much at the start. And we'll talk about reasons why you might want to do that. Cool? Yeah. Cool. Um, Well, I mean, that's the next thing we were going to talk about is actually why... Why do you do them? And so 
Will you elaborate? (laughs) (laughs) I will elaborate with your assistance. Um, Well, yeah, no, but start us off. I mean, um, or or I can jump in for a little bit. Wow. There's a frog living in my throat tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, So the thing about making something like the beginning or end of your game into a ritual is that it means that there are things that you want to make sure that you do every time and ritualizing them can make them into a habit so that you don't forget. Um, And so it can help with uh, table culture a lot, right? Because it sets a social contract piece on the table every time you start or end a game. Um, and it basically is a good way to set expectations. Like these are all things that you can do in other ways. Um, but if you are playing with people for a long time and you want to have like three things that you do for shorthand to remind everybody about, you know, X, Y, Z and to bring them together and back into this moment, um, then, you know, that's the kind of thing that rituals are good for. Yeah. I mean, rituals are a really good way to create boundaries like to denote the changing of one phase to another. So for instance, um, we could use a ritual to denote the changing of the social portion of the pregame to the getting into our game, like getting into character, getting back into the story and getting ready to like resume play. And, and, and likewise, we can use a ritual to do the exact opposite of that, right? We can have a ritual to note the end of play and the beginning of um, exiting the play space and kind of moving into more of the meta play, uh, you know, discussions and feedback. And we're going to talk about specific things that could go in there because we're being purposely vague at this point um, in the show. But going through those things that eventually transition us back to uh, our social time uh, and the end of the game. Right. And it's it's... I would consider it from the perspective of um, transitional time in a lot of ways um, that we put it at the beginning and the end. um, And I don't know if this is true for all humans. I can only truly speak for myself in that um, I am a creature who appreciates set expectations um, and transitional transitional moments if that makes sense like i don't always deal super well with like sudden change when i am not expecting it so things like rituals can work really well in terms of you know creating that transitional space um for people like me who are anxious sure i mean i'm (laughs) catholic so like rituals and transitions and things like like that's that's a whole mass right like a mass is nothing more than a series of connected rituals in a in in its own ritual um that creates a set of expectations that kind of lets you know um where the mass is going Um, right wrapped in a big stained glass window with bow on top yeah it's i mean it's very (laughs) much a thing right like one of i mean as a quick aside when i was um there was a point in my life where i was very much um into going to church and i had uh not for a very long time um and so when i went back um i went and was confirmed as an adult one of the things that like you learn which which you kind of learned as a kid but when you learn it as an adult you learn it differently is like how the mass is made up um and it becomes very it becomes apparent very quickly that the whole thing is um, very normalized 
um, and creates a, a set of expectations. Like, you know what you know what th- this and then this and then this and then and then and then it's time to leave. Right. Like it, it is a very much a set of expectations um, and it makes sure. And again, this is one of the things you had just said. It makes sure that you don't forget to do any of those things. Right. And the thing that I think that you actually just emphasized by describing that is that rituals are comfortable to humans because they set expectations. Sure, because we humans keep us all on Right, track. because we yeah. humans love patterns, right? We, we do. Humans we love like patterns, patterns, right? Makes us feel in control. Yeah, repeatable patterns are predictable. We like predictability and yes. things, right? So rituals have that very comfortable uh, very comfortable feel. All right. So we've talked about rituals as a transition thing. We've talked about rituals as kind of reinforcing things. What else do we have on the list? What's the next? Do we have another one on the list? We have a bunch of things on the list. But so I think that the, the thing I just want to I want to circle back real fast and just say um, rituals as a transitional space is something that I would consider to apply to both beginnings and ending rituals. Oh, yeah. And then from here, we're going to kind of lay out a little bit more what we consider to be beginning ritual fodder versus end ritual fodder, right? Yeah, so, and I don't think these I don't think these are absolutes because I I no. you know, anytime we deal in absolutes, someone will tweet us and be like, <laughs> "I totally put this in my other, you know, in my end ritual or something." But I would like to say that um what generalize. Yeah, what we're going to do next is we're going to generalize the kinds of things that you could put into a beginning ritual followed by the kinds of things you could put into an end ritual. And I think the important part is you are not required to put all of these in. Yep. You are not required to put them in the order by which we name them. Yep. Uh, You are, and we'll talk about making your own rituals. These are just things that could be in your ritual. Ideas. And you are not required to not think up your own and put them in. This, and let thank us know you. If right. You this do, is not an exhaustive list. What did either. we miss? Tell us. Absolutely. Tweet us. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. 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 So it, one of the big ones I think for beginning a ritual um, is it's a good way to sort of initiate. You've done the transition, right? So it's a good way to capture everyone's attention at the table. Absolutely. And I know that you've done this in your game because you talk about your Three Musketeers game where you had like the little opening trailer. I did. And to me, to me, <laughs> that seems like this. Uh, yeah, this is I, I've done I've done a couple of different ones to create focus. But sure, the um, the opening credits. Um, yeah, which was which was terribly fun to make, right? Like, yes. it was a weekend's <laughs> worth of work because um, at the time I did it, I sucked at any kind of um, video editing, and I was using bootlegged Three Musketeer movies. Like, I used all three <laughs> of the existing Three Musketeer movies to make this thing: the Disney Musketeer, the other movie called The Musketeer, um, and the one with the airships. Right? Like, um, I used all of those. I don't know. Have you ever seen the one with the airships? I don't. I was just thinking. I don't know if I have. It's What's that not one? Extremely. It's also the Three Musketeers. It has Mila Jovovich in it. I will talk about it in the after show. Remind me of that. We'll sure, but I'm into airships, so. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It it's not a great movie, but I don't think you'll be disappointed. And the fights are actually <laughs> really good. Okay. Anyway, um, brilliant. So yes, I, to tack onto what you're saying, um, by without a doubt, one of the way one of the things your rituals can do um, is 
and I know this is true for me, like my table, like everybody will be sitting, chatting, telling jokes or whatever. And then I need everybody to start getting into playing. And so these rituals can kind of like get everybody like starting to focus, focus right? <laughs> yes. Which I Bring guess also in. goes hand in hand with, I also then want everyone to, and this is, I think, focus is one part. And the next one that dovetails onto that is to start rolling, not dice, but like getting into their role. Yeah. Right? Because I think that's the extension of once you have everybody's attention and focus, I need everybody to start getting into character. Start thinking character-wise. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. What's next on our list? Um, Well, you can also use it to reinforce your table culture. And I think a big part of that one is safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, mentioning at the beginning of your game, every game, your safety stuff, whatever makes sense for your table, whether that means, hey, just a reminder, the S cards on the table, or whether that means, hey, were there any lines and veils that anyone wanted to add or adjust? Here's what we've got for right now. Um, Or if that's just, hey, we're going to practice the okay check-in real quick. Um, Or any other thing that you want to mention about um, your table culture, the reminder of an open table if people need to leave, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's a good place to insert that information. Or if you just have expectations, you know, like if there is a table expectation that you will not look at your cell phone, quick reminder to people, just nice at the beginning so that you don't have to get mad at people later. Awesome. <laughs> With, right? Like This would also be a good place for content warning. Oh, yeah. So super good. Hey, place. you know, tonight's episode includes the following right. content warnings. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. The other thing, because I'm going off list here. Um, the, <laughs> one of us can see the list. The other one can't. <laughs> the other one's going off a list from his head. Um, so the other, one of the other things you can do is that you can kind of set up any um, pregame mechanics. So um, sometimes in games, like I've had players um, for secret roles, I used to do things like roll a bunch of times and, you know, give me your list of roles or whatever. But like... Um, whether people have um, spell decks that they need to like get set up, like, you know, make sure you pick your spells for tonight, that kind of like any of your mechanical pregame mechanical things that need to be done can be done as part of this ritual. Right. And I think one of the other really important things that's related to that is you can also use that time and space to specifically catch everyone up, like do the run through of like, Oh yeah. Last time at this table, um, whatever that is previously on my campaign and sometimes that means you the gm say you know here's what happens and sometimes that means you the gm says okay guys what did you do last time yep or somewhere (laughs) in the middle right um yeah so that 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 one i think is another big one and i think that that's one that like lots of us do but don't necessarily consider a ritual yeah the recap is um the The recap i I mean the recap is very important i mean i play bi-weekly so uh, for me, the recap is the recap is very important because uh, two weeks have passed and everybody needs to remember where we are before we get into play. Yes, that is the one that my group always does, too, because we also play biweekly. So, yep. um, yeah, so that's th- those are kind of the that's the broad list of things that we thought of as very useful for beginning rituals. Sure. Um, and then we also thought of some stuff that was potentially useful. I will say potentially, because again, 
do as you will with this information. We're going to get to that part shortly. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so we also thought of some things that we would consider good for RPG rituals that are more maybe ending ritual stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, because again, you can use this ritual as a transitional space back out of your play space into more social time or leaving the table or whatever that is, right? Um, and one of those things that can be important, and it depends on what kind of game you're playing, is processing feelings, right? Because if you just finished playing a game and it was really amazing, but really intense, or like your Senda, and you just finished playing Cartel and it was wild, <laughs> then like, you know, taking some time just to um, process like the emotional roller coaster or whatever those emotions were from that game as a group, as a table among people who also were there and saw what happened and also experienced that story. Um, I feel like is, can be important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that goes hand in hand with um, de-rolling is another one, right? Like mm -hmm. it's time to transition out of your character. Now, if your group plays like, you know, a really immersive style game, then, you know, having a ritual to kind of signal like, hey, it's time to kind of come back from your character back to, you know, the back to this level, you know, the game level or your personal level, that kind of thing. So that that can also be part of this. Right. And I um the more LARPs I play, the more that I see some of these things really specifically in LARP because being physically um, inhabiting uh, some of that space um, can make it more intense. Sure. And so it's really important to sort of de-roll some of that physicality um, along with the emotional stuff out of it. Um, so there, it is, it's just a thing, like, right? Like it totally works at tables and I do it at my table game. Um, a lot of these for an end thing, um, but it's very, it's something that if you, if you play LARPs or you get into LARPs, like this is the kind of thing that happens a lot. You de-roll, you, uh, you process feelings, um, and you take specific time to do that sort of thing. Um, I also really like doing affirmations, which is just, you know, however you decide to employ that, um, you know, telling people things that you really liked about how they played tonight or about how something went and whether that's the GM or other players, like, you know, specifically complimenting people like, oh my gosh, that scene, um, you know, where you died or whatever. <laughs> like, um, it was amazing. Like, it was so cool. That was the most amazing thing ever, you know. Giving that kind of just... Um, out of story support and, and kudos, um, I think to everybody, like it's just really uplifting and reassuring, like that everybody's like on board and having fun and like really into this. Yeah. And that can be the free form version, like you're talking about, or that can be something yep. more structured, like um, roses and thorns and stars and wishes. Like those are some of the other techniques. Um, if you're not familiar, you can certainly Google those. Um, but those are like kind of more structured ways to, uh, to provide critique of the game and feedback about a game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, which is the thing I was going to lead into was critiques from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I do a very informal one. I just ask people mm -hmm. like, did you guys have a good time tonight? Like that's, yeah. that's, I mean, I always ask that question when I'm, um, when, when I'm finishing up a game, right? I'll even ask that at a, you know, at a convention, like, did everyone have fun? Like, did you have a good time? Um, yeah. I think another one, which wasn't on the list, which I just want to add really quick, um, is also, 
Um, there are times there are kind of post game mechanical things that need to be done, like mm-hmm. the awarding of experience, sure, um, yeah. spending of experience, leveling yep. up. Um, yep. Not necessarily the whole action of leveling up. Like you might you might take that home and do it. Yeah. Um, but for instance, um, for my Forbidden Lands game. And again, this is somewhat ritualized, but one of the the things that we do when we're ready to be done with a game is about 15 minutes before our end time, I will kind of pause where we are. Uh, I will note in my like in my GM notes uh, where the next session will take place, like when on the calendar, what time of day, like the action of the players. And then the next thing I do is... Um, Forbidden Lands has a set of questions that you you ask, and for every yes um, on that list, players get an experience point. So we do experience. Mm-hmm. Then characters will take a few minutes and look at like, oh, I think I'll buy this, I'll raise this, I'm going to pick up this talent kind of thing, and that's kind of our um, that's kind of our cue to start leading out of the game. Yeah. Uh, I'll think I, I have another one because it's also not on the list. Uh, but part of your end ritual can be to set the date for your next game. Right. Not even not even necessarily the date, but any planning that you need to do yeah, yeah. for the next game, right? And and sometimes that means like our next session, like we know we're gonna sit down and do XYZ. And sometimes it means it's like, hey guys. Uh, next session is the conclusion to this game. So we really need everybody to be here. Yep. Um, or sometimes it's like, what do you want to play next? My friends, that one happens a lot in my group. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you know, another one might be like, Hey, uh, I know we're scheduled to play, you know, in two weeks, but in two weeks it's Christmas Eve. And, uh, so we're definitely not going to do that. Should we just skip a session? Should we reschedule? Like, and we don't even have to like settle that. But it's the kind of thing that like we can start talking about. Um, but I I often do like to just make sure that everybody knows like, all right, cool. Like we'll be back in two weeks. That's, you know, that's the 20, you know, that's the 21st, whatever. Um, also to kind of trigger like obviously for holidays, people know, but like sometimes just saying like, hey, that's going to be the 21st. And somebody be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to be out of town on the 21st and be like, oh, all right. Well, you know, okay, should we should we play? You know, should this, we? Yeah. yeah. So that can also be part of your your end ritual is to kind of um, start to figure out what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else on that list? No, I think, in fact, that was the one I tried to write down and failed, which we'll talk about in the outtakes. The mysterious <laughs> afternoon note. Yes. Um, okay. So the next thing we want to talk about is making rituals, right? Um, yeah. Build your own. Yeah. So you could easily adopt other people's rituals, right? Like I could, like I adopted one of my rituals. I adopted from um, game designer John Wick, uh, not movie assassin John Wick, different <laughs> person completely, right. different one. But um, John Wick, in one of his books, talked about he had a candle um, that he would light at the beginning of the session. I want to say this is Houses of the Blooded, or maybe this was just John Wick in general. But he had a candle that he would light at the beginning of the session that kind of denoted that once this candle was lit, we are in character and we are talking in character, playing in character until the light, until the candle is extinguished. Um, I had a similar need, which was I needed to get my rambunctious table focused and, and not chit-chatting about memes and jokes and stuff. Um, so I have this big-ass die. I think yes. we've talked about this before, right? 96- we have. 
Yes. 96 millimeter. It's huge. 96 millimeter <laughs> D6. Huge. Affectionately known by my game group as the big die. Uh-huh. Right. And so one of one of our rituals for for one of my game groups and for it, it actually this ritual lasted a couple different um, campaigns, but uh, you could sit and chit chat and tell stories and jokes, whatever, until I put the big die on the table. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't that I just put it down like a judge's gavel and made everyone stop. Like I would pick up the big die and I would be like, is everybody ready? Mm-hmm. And then people would be like, yes. And I'd be like, cool. And I would put it down on the table. And then that was our cue, including myself, right? Not to chit chat about stuff. Uh, oh, and, and, game and, focus time. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that we did was we also had in the middle of the table some index cards so that if people thought of something that they wanted to tell, like, a, like did you see this episode or this funny joke or whatever, they were encouraged while the die was on the table to just take an index card, write their thing down so that it got out of their head. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we say things because we're thinking them and we're afraid we're going to lose them. Right. So write it down, take it out of your head. And then when we would take breaks, like we take a bio break or whatever, I would take the die off the table mm-hmm. and then we could resume our joking and chit chat. And then people would just basically grab their index cards and be like, oh, blah, 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 story, story, this TV show, whatever. And then once we kind of worked that out, I'd pick up the die again and be like, are we ready to resume? Everybody say yes. I put the die back down. Yeah. So. My point to this is, besides just describing one of like one of my table rituals, was like you can totally take somebody else's table ritual uh, and co-opt it to your own, right? Make make it work for what you need it, need it to do. But I think making your own rituals is like there's like if you if you think you need a ritual, you should custom make your own ritual. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just thinking about. What do you want to accomplish mm-hmm. or what what is the need of your table and or game um, that you want to fulfill by creating this ritual, right? Yeah. Or, or even just like what kind of social contract do you want to create by having said ritual? Um, because like I said, when we talked about ending ritual stuff, it's interesting the kind of um, social contract that the almost standard end of a LARP is. Right. Because when you walk into a LARP, I have an assumption that I'm going to have some sort of de-rolling at the end. We're probably going to hang out and and give each other affirmations. Right. Like those two things are probably like 90 percent going to happen. And there may be more other things, too. Right. Or they may happen in a different way than I've had done them before or whatever. But like, it's so like that kind of thing, which is interesting because like that becomes a play culture thing. Because it's a widespread enough ritual that everybody engages in. Sure. And so it's it's a way to to be like, how do I want to approach play culture at my table? What do I want to enforce or give importance to? That's the kind of stuff I want to make sure ends up in my ritual. Yeah. And I think, you know, a, a like just doing a kind of a brainstorming exercise, like a needs assessment, right? Like what yeah. is like, think to yourself when your game starts, like what's not happening that right. you need to happen in the game? Like perhaps yeah. like you forget to put the X card out, 
right? Like right. you notice mid game, you have, you haven't put the X card out on the table and you're like, Oh, I really need to remember before we start play. I need to put the X card out, right? This is a good, then this is a good candidate for your ritual, right? Yeah. Because, um, because your ritual is also going to help you remember things. Um, yep. maybe your players aren't focused or maybe people aren't, um, into their characters by the time you, you jump into the game and people are kind of like fla- floundering around about like, Oh yeah. Like what are we doing? Or like, where's my character sheet or like, where's my diet? Like, you know, any of those things, right? Like lack focus or they're not in the right headspace. but just brainstorm those things. You know, your group, mm-hmm. you know, the game you're playing, mm-hmm. um, think about what's happening. And those are the kind of the bullets that you're going to want to put in there. And then the other thing is to make it a ritual, right? What we talked about was um, we want to, we want an order to them. Mm-hmm. And I will say that it also helps to have um, some like either prop or gesture or wording that is repetitive, like that you use each time. Like yeah. the big die, like I could have just told everyone like, hey, everybody focus, right? right? But there's a significance to putting the die, like there, I, I could have, you know, like, I, and you're watching me do it. No one else can see this, yeah, right? You're, there's a lot of big hand gestures well, with the big but, die happening. But here's the thing. That's what it looked like yes. when I did it at the table. I didn't just yes. like take the die and slide it over onto the table. Like there's this big gesture where like I, I held it up over my head and then placed it on the table. That's part of the ritual, right? Because it's it's this visual cue that everybody sees the motion that I'm making yep. and knows like we're transitioning into play. And I the mean, same thing honestly, when I took it off the table, it's the same yeah. It's, it, you know, the same big action. I mean, it's funny because we're adults here, right? But it's like similar in idea to that thing that they do in childcare where like the teacher goes quiet and holds up like the hand symbol, like the closed mouth hand symbol. And then all the kids like those, those as soon as they see it, they have to also hold up the hand symbol yeah. and they have to close their mouth. And then they hold up the clothes thing, you know. So, like, but the reason that we do that stuff is because it works. Well, I mean, my vampire game in the 90s had a much more elaborate, um, much more elaborate opening ritual that involved um, closing blinds and darkening the room with, you know, lighting candles. And, and, you know, I had a, um, you know, a goblet of wine, right? Like, that I, like, took a sip from before starting play. Like... Like these were like wow, and you say you wouldn't be into LARP. I mean, look, I disagree. It was vampire sir. in the nineties. I disagree. Like, but, but those, so those things, so that's the other part of the ritual, right? Like, for it to feel like a ritual, it needs gestures, wording, props. Um, if you want to tailor it to be specific to your game there's ways to theme your ritual to your game if your ritual is more generalized to your game group there's ways to do that um and those are all cool right like you want to like what you don't want to do is you don't want to do something that kind of um makes everyone laugh and kind of loses what you're you know like yeah what you were trying to achieve yeah like but, careful if your ritual is lighting a candle Drinking a giant goblet of red wine. And I, I gotta be honest. I don't think I the, could pull that hood. off. 
I don't think I could pull that off today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I can pull off the. I'm that you did then. Oh, think... uh, we were we were really into vampires. So then. I hear that is actually a thing that I was going to say, right? Like one of the things with your ritual, and this is something you have to gauge about your group if you're creating one for long running play, is buy in from the people at your table, right? So mm-hmm. that it doesn't become something that yes. is awkward or funny or like whatever it is that they're like, okay, like hey guys. I want to, I keep saying guys, hey friends, I want to, you know, create some sort of ritual to get us in and out of the game. This is what I'm thinking. Um, Do you think that covers everything that we need? And like, are you on board with functionally doing it this way? Right? Like you can communicate with your players. You don't have to create this in a vacuum. Oh, hardly. But you don't have to. In fact, don't. You could, but don't. I mean, it could it could simply be three slow. Everybody, close your eyes. Take three slow breaths. Yep. And just, let's begin the game. Right, like to just like, let go of the day, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the I guess what we're going for here is the importance is, um, you do want it to be a ritual, right? Because if if all you're going to do is like we're going to do a recap, I'll I'll leave myself a post-it note, um, on my notes that says put out the X card or whatever. Um, that's not really that's not really a pregame ritual. That's just you remembering to get your game started. But if you have a ritual that says like, okay, if everybody take three three breaths, you know, with their eyes closed, then we open our eyes. Then I place the X card back out on the table, and I have like a couple words as a reminder of what the X card is, and then I start the recap with previously. You know, in our pre in our last session or previously in campaign X, that's your ritual, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's it. it. Yeah. But but it's the predictable part, right? Because we we you know monkey brain, right? <laughs> like everyone else at the table, for it to be effective, is that once you have everybody close their eyes and take their deep breaths, they know the next this thing will be starting. to talk about the X card. Yep. <laughs> then we're gonna do the recap. Yep. Then we start play. Yep. Right. And that's the transition. Yep. Um, and then the same thing coming back out, right? Like having a way to signal like we're wrapping. We're, you know, we're 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 done with play. And now we need to start coming back out and let's talk, you know, let's let's talk about what we enjoyed. Let or let's do our experience points. Let's talk about what we enjoyed. Let's make sure we know what we're like, let's make sure we're set up for next session. Yep. Right. So it's that needs assessment coupled with your what's your repetitive actions prop Mm -hmm. phrasing gesture some combination of them yeah do you have thoughts about how to mimic the concept of a prop for all of the online play that we're doing right now actually i think it's really hard right like i think i think think one of i think one of the i think one of the um i think one of the challenges to online play right now is we we're kind of losing um, some of those things. So, for instance, what you could do in the form of a prop for something like Roll20 is you could bring up an image, mm-hmm. right? So I could bring up an image, show to players that maybe, I don't know, it's the symbol of our game. Or, like you said before when you reminded me, like opening credit thing, like if I can stream a video. Yeah, yeah. It's right? Cool. 
Like if I'm on Zoom and I can share my screen, then I could do the, you know, I could, I could from my screen, I could play the opening sequence and then that would get everybody um, yeah. set to go. Roll20 has a way to play music through Roll20. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's ways to do that. So you, maybe your um, prop is a song. Right. Audio, shared audio. Shared audio. So the but, theme song for the campaign. Right. But like Static for Jacks. Like, Right. Like, for instance, right now, um, playing in Zoom, like the big die thing doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, I'm not using it right now, but like it it, it won't work because even if I put it, even if I make the gesture, if somebody's not looking at the screen right away or whatever, you're not going to see it. And then once I put it down, you're not going to see the die. Like, it it loses that effectiveness. Um, Likewise, I can't, you know, dim my room to candles for a vampire because, you know. (laughs) You won't and no see one me. could see you. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it's interesting. So um I've been playing games on Discord using the Discord audio and video. Sure. And the interesting thing about that is because you have multiple rooms, you can actually transition from one video room to another. Um, so you can do things like have an out of character room, right? Like go mm-hmm. set everything up and then you can be like, cool. Now we're going to go into the game room. Yeah, that's really good. That, right? that could be part of your ritual, right? Like, all right, everybody switch over, like switch mm-hmm. over to the game room. Like yeah. we're done here. We'll come back when we take a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like, actually really good. Yeah, I think. here when we're not in game. I think online is creating a, um, it's not a it's challenge. A, it's a, it is a, it's, we're looking for solutions to problems that we weren't as major before because they were more limited in scope. Now we are broadly facing these issues as a whole. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I solved these problems differently when I was at a face-to-face table, I could solve these problems now. Um, If I need a ritual, uh, verbal is probably going to be my strong point for, um, for an online game because verbal is the thing that I know I have no matter what, right? Like if you're not looking at my camera, you can still hear me. Um, you know, if I use the same phrases, the same words, like that's going to, um, that's going to connect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cool. I, 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 think- I feel like we've done this topic a good service. Do you, yeah, yeah, do you have I'm, any, I'm any you. final thoughts? Um, Uh, I don't actually think that I do other than um, I've been finding more and more that I enjoy rituals for starting and ending stuff. Um, And I actually appreciate them probably the most in situations where I'm not familiar with the other people that I'm playing with, because I do think that it's really good for setting tone for table contract, social contract, table speaker. I think it's, I mean, if a GM has their own rituals, like I do ritualize my starting and endings of con games. Oh yeah. So that may not be familiar to the players who are sitting at the table, but but, it is to me, (laughs) but I go through a thing, which one uh, helps me center myself. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, calm myself as you know, running for strangers. Yes. But it also makes sure that I don't forget stuff. Yep. Right? Like, I don't forget to introduce the X card, or I don't forget to tell you about a certain um, part of the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, good. All right, good. Um, with that, we actually have a closing ritual for <laughs> this podcast. Which I am which, going to ruin again. Which begins, begins with you telling us about a, um, a show on the network. And then 
we use that to transition into our closing bits and really the part that's impressive, which I don't know if people pay attention to, is that we could have easily a long time ago recorded one of those <laughs> right. and dropped it at the end of every episode. But because but we, we love you, no, yes. we do it fresh every time. Bespoke. Bespoke. Bespoke ending every, every damn time. time. <laughs> All right. I've hopefully bought you enough time. Tell me about a show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah. Um. So on Down with D&D, you can listen to Sean Merwin, the, the mad wizard Sean Merwin, and Teos talking about all of the D&D stuff forever and always with like all of the latest and greatest information all the time. Can you tell that this is also bespoke? Because I am not looking at the blurbs. Yes, I, I really could. Um, <laughs> but that's what they do, and it's they do. good stuff. That, so is what, that is, in a nutshell, that is what they do. If D&D is your thing, D&D all the time, every day, or just sometimes even, but you want to know the latest information, Down With D&D is the show for you. Absolutely. Say, Senda, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have that information or wrote it down or followed us or whatever, what can they do with it? Uh, yeah, you should uh, leave us a topic. Uh, ask us to discuss something. Andrew uh, did this week and uh, just dropped it in our Slack room, which we'll talk about how to get to the Slack room in a second. Um, dropped it in our Slack room and uh, we just ran with it. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to tell you that there's some formula, some rhyme or reason for how we pick topics, but I swear it's whatever catches my attention on any given day, which is why sometimes you mail them in and we do them right away. And sometimes you mail them in and it takes like months later. Yeah, months <laughs> later. Like it's whatever catches my fancy. And this one just popped up in the Slack room and I was like, well, we're doing this one this this Monday. So anyway. Um, leave us a topic, a question, something you want us to talk about. We really, really, really pride ourselves on doing the show about the things that you find interesting. Uh, because one, we hopefully are entertaining you. Um, but we are also very much hoping that we are helping you. Um, and we like to provide that helpful advice, insight, etc. Um, that we hope we bring uh, to the show besides just our charming personalities and send us giggles <laughs> we have chemistry though people say we have chemistry carry on yes indeed <laughs> chemistry indeed if you like what we do here or elsewhere on the misdirected mark network uh please consider supporting our patreon campaign go to patreon.com slash mmp uh patrons of the show uh get access to the uh the after show from this show which used to be the bonus outtakes, but we don't edit. So it's the after show <laughs> from this show, the after show from misdirected mark. Um, and, Going back to the what I was saying before, it gives you access to our Slack Room for Life, um, which is a great collection of uh, fantastic gamers and humans. Um, you can leave us topics. You can engage in all manner of discussion. You can talk about recipes. Um, you can join our Friday luncheon call, which we do on Zoom with our patrons, uh, where I host a luncheon on East Coast time. So pick your own meal, cocktail, or whatever. Uh, depending on where you are around breakfast. the world 
second breakfast for you, cocktails yeah. for Andrew, yeah. um, et cetera. But anyway, um, we really appreciate your patronage. Um, everything that we do is possible because of the patrons who support um, our, who support the show, the network, et cetera. Uh, so we are um, uh, eternally grateful uh, for your support. If you are already supporting the Patreon campaign, thank you very much. And if you're unable to support the Patreon campaign, which we totally understand, there is still another thing you can do. Another thing that you can do that is super helpful for the show. It <laughs> supports our, our scientifically proven, scientifically. though not statistically significant yet, <laughs> um, scientifically proven, not statistically uh, significant. Sure. Yet important um, activity, which is if you listen to us, you will love us. What is that thing? Well, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is both awesome. And also, if you let us know that you left us a review somewhere, we will go read it because we love them and we love you for leaving them. And also just to highlight that we do this fresh every time. Every week, I have to say the words new review close together in a row and it's a freaking tongue twister so we do this for you <laughs> we do indeed thank you so much for everyone who's already left a review you're all amazing and it really does actually help uh, new people find the show which is great or you can just like tag a friend on twitter like that's cool too and seen yeah. that a lot recently which is also fantastic super helpful yeah cool say senda Show me your favorite ritual. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got, eh? Bloopy. Click, click, click. All right. No nonsense. No nonsense. Nothing up front. We'll put it all into the after show thingy at the end. Are you good? I'm good. All right. Bloop. Do, 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 do